0: Let me say this about brother, brother Sammy. I'll think of something in a minute, Brother. But <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Sometimes we preachers and we pastors remind me a lot of car salesmen and, and uh, driver's ed instructors. And I'm not saying anything derogatory about either one. I'm saying a, a good car salesman is, is good at his job. But he tells you, if he wants to sell a car, how how many features are on that car. It tells you about the engine, about the transmission, about the tires, about the everything. And, uh, but on the other hand, and that's his job and they, and they do it well. Uh, just ask me, I purchased three, you know, just recently, but also, but a, but a driver's ed instructor, he knows everything about that car also. He could tell you all the details about it, but the, the difference between a salesman and the driver's ed instructor is, the driver's ed instructor tells you how to drive it after you buy it. See, sometimes we preachers like to get up and we like to brag about how much we know about God's word. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we preach mechanically God's word. We talk about, we talk about the, the Greek and the Hebrew and, uh, and the meaning and all of those things, and that's great. But a real pastor tells you how to apply God's word to your life. He tells you how to take the manual and drive your car, amen, and live your life. Brother Sammy's always been like that. Brother Sammy's not just, uh, he, he, he is versed in the word, well versed. He knows it he, from inside out. But what I love about him, he always tells the people, this is how you live according to God's word. And I appreciate that very, very much. This morning, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Jonah. I'm gonna be reading this morning, uh, eventually the whole chapter, don't get scared, it's only 17 verses. I know we don't have a whole lot of time to do this, but I'll, I'll, I'll read in a hurry if y'all are listening in a hurry. But this morning we're going to be talking about a man uh, who is the embodiment of uh, finding himself in a, in a situation because of his rebellion and his disobedience to the Lord. He, he's run, He has run from the Lord. He has gone opposite of God's word. He has forgotten his holy calling. He has forgotten who he was and where he was. And so he finds himself in a very bad situation. And so he found himself under the curse of the Lord. He found himself under under a storm that was headed his way, and and other people were being affected by that storm. But he also came to himself, He, he made a confession. That's why I've entitled the message this morning, Fess Up, Jonah. Because there's an importance to a confession. The book of 1 John tells us that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that word confession means that, you know, we don't tell God all about it because he knows. You can't tell the Lord anything that he don't know. But that word confession means that that we agree with God and agree with his word. And if there's things in our life that, uh, that is in disagreement with the word or with the Lord, we need to come to the point where we realize that and go to the Lord and confess that and agree with the Lord that that is uh, not according to his word and we confess our sins. And So we find a man named Jonah who is, who's a prophet, but he found himself on the wrong side of the law. <laughs> He found himself in jeopardy because of his disobedience. Let me, let me tell you something I, I found back. I went to school at Hackleberg High School, and up behind the, the, the gymnasium was, a, was a, uh, a stage up to one side. And uh, if we ever had a program, it, was, it had to be small because it had to fit on that stage. But behind that stage was a little anteroom where things were stored. Not many people went in that little anteroom. Not many people visited there. Well, one day during school, the principal decided that he would go around during classes and he would check the, the, all of the school property. So he went up into the gym to see who was there. He went up behind the stage. Just perhaps he might need to check that little anteroom room up there. And when he opened the door, he found a high school boy hid in the anteroom. room. He said to the boy, what are you doing here? little boy looked at him as quick thinker and he says, "Well, principal, everybody got to be somewhere. I just happened to be right here." <laughs> what it was, he was cutting class and the principal knew that and so he was in trouble because he was in a place where he was not supposed to be. Jonah because of his disobedience and his rebellion running from the Lord found himself in a place that he didn't need to be. So, as you would look with me, please, in chapter 1, verse 1. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, and so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners, who were afraid, that every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship on, into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, and had laid down and went fast asleep. Can you imagine that? So the captain came to him and said unto him, What do you mean, O sleeper? Arise and call upon your God, perhaps your God will consider us, so that we may not perish. And they said one to another, Come and let us cast lights, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lights, and the light fell on Jonah. And then they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause this trouble is upon us. What is your occupation? Where did you come from? What is your country? And who are your people? And so he said unto them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. And then the men were exceedingly afraid. And they said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And then they said unto him, What shall we do with you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And Jonah said unto them, Pick me up, throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you would add your blessings upon your word today. Father, help us to understand that, Father, when we rebel and turn and walk away from you, Father, that there are consequences. And, Father, sometimes the storms in life come our way because maybe we're like Jonah. Maybe we have walked away from you or been rebellious. Help us to understand the importance of realizing that and confessing. And turning back to you, in Jesus' name, Amen. There were some things that I want us to talk about this morning, Jonah. We're going to talk about how God turned this curse into a blessing for other people. You see, the Lord, the Lord is full of mercy. You see, the Bible tells us that it's not God's will that any should perish. That that includes the 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 uh, the Saddam Husseins. That includes the you, you know all of the criminals that we've known <clears throat> down through the years. It was not God's will that they perish, but that they should come to repentance. But uh, sadly, they did not come to repentance. They chose the, the, to go the life of, of the way of sin. So we've, we find out that God was, is full of mercy and God wants to bless the people of Nineveh. You see, Nineveh was the chief city of the Assyrian empire who was oppressing uh, Jew, Jerusalem at this time and, and, and Judea and, and Israel and all of the people of God and they oppressed them they had been taking their uh, you know they'd been raiding their their land they had been taking captives they had been mistreating people they had been cutting up people into pieces they had been torturing people and and so the people and the uh, the Jewish people hated the people of Nineveh and the people of the Assyrian empire so Jonah had a had a hatred in his heart and a dislike for these people and he surely didn't want to go there but God wanted to show himself great and mighty and gloriously powerful and merciful in, in a grand way that history can only tell us this story. And, and when I read this, I want to stand up and sh- just wave my hands and say, praise the Lord. He wanted to be merciful to, to, to these people who were not merciful to his people. He said to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach. I want you to preach to those people. And Jonah didn't argue with the Lord. He just got up and, and, and went the other way. He just, he, instead of going toward Nineveh, he went the other direction. He went down to Joppa and they found him a ship and, and he was going to Tarshish and he just got in. He paid the fare thereof. There's a whole message in itself. He, he was willing to pay the price, but you know, he's fixing to pay a, a dear price by spending three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. I don't know, I've never been there and I hope I never have to go there, but that had to be pretty bad. But Jonah decided he was going to run from the Lord. And so immediately after he got into the ship, after he paid the fare, he went down into the, bo- the belly of the ship and he went to sleep. So the sailors, they set sail. Out in, right out in the middle of the ocean, the Lord sent a wind. The Lord sent a wind. I don't know if you've ever had the wind of God blow in your heart and in your life, but I have. You see, I was uh, probably, I can really identify with the, with the book of Jonah because at one time the Lord called me to preach and you know what I did? I just turned and went the other way. I said, there ain't a way in this world that I'm going to be a preacher. I've seen some of the things and heard some of the things said about preachers and how they are treated and by some folks way back then and I know y'all don't treat Brother Sammy that way and you don't talk about him. But I, I, I heard some bad stuff and I didn't want any part of that. So I began to run from the Lord, and I, I experienced the wind of God in my life. I experienced the storm. I experienced God's hand as he began to to, to, to stop me from, from a life of destruction and, and, and where I was going in order for me to, to have uh, enough time in my life to think about it and consider it, and like Jonah, to, to make a confession and turn my life around and Uh, Let me tell you something, if you're here today and you're running from the Lord, if God is calling you to do something, if he's calling you to do ministry, or to witness, or to work, or to praise, if you're you're going in the opposite direction and you're running from him, can I tell you something, you can't outrun him. I'm pretty long-legged, but I've always been slow because I've been clumsy. I can't even, still, I can't chew gum and walk at the same time, you know. Matter of fact, I can't even chew gum. <laughs> That's pretty clumsy. But let me tell you something. The Lord, <laughs> did you hear what David said in the psalm, Brother Sammy? He said, Lord, you know, I decided to, to flee from the Lord. He said, when I took the wings of the morning and, like a dove and flew to the uttermost, I looked around and said, Lord, you were there. And if I dug my pit down to the very pits of hell, I found out, Lord, you're there. You see, he's always there waiting on us. And here, Jonah was was being disobedient, and he was was running from the Lord, and God sent a wind out and says, let's stop this boy right here. And so there's three things uh, that I want us to notice this morning of what caused Jonah to stop and think. Number one, Jonah was bombarded with a bunch of questions. (laughs) I don't know about you, but when I was a kid at home, I didn't want no questions from my mom and daddy. Well, what you been doing? What'd you do in school today? And, wow. <laughs> that wasn't me that cut class, by the way. That was found in the back, <laughs> in that room. But it wouldn't—I wouldn't put it past me because you know it's how it is. But I hated questions because questions tend to pull out stuff from us. And so the Lord began to send people in Jonah's life to ask him questions. The first one's found in verse six. And the captain of the ship came to Jonah and says, what do you mean? What do you mean? Hey man, what's going on? You know we're in jeopardy, you know there's a storm raging, you know we're having to throw out stuff from the ship. And here you are, you're laying around and you're paying no attention whatsoever to where you are and you don't care about us. What do you mean? You know, I've had the Lord ask me that. Gary, what do you mean? Well, get up and call on your God. He said, perhaps your God will listen to you and perhaps he will, he will deliver us from this, 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 this storm that we're in and he asked him that question. The next one is found down in verse seven. And uh, it says in verse seven and eight, it says, they said unto one another, come, let us cast lots. Let's see, let's just see who's guilty of why that we're in jeopardy. And so they cast lots, and the lots fell on Jonah. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, be sure that your sins will find you out. Jonah, learn that firsthand. They just cast lots, and I don't know what they did. I don't know if it was stones that they had or if it was bones that they threw, but whatever they did when they cast those lots, it put the finger on Jonah. And then they began to ask him, please tell us for what cause this trouble is upon us. When I was rebelling from the Lord and running from him, one of the most pertinent things the Lord sent my way was, Gary, you know, the world's in trouble, and you could be helping do something about that. There's a lot of people that could be blessed, there's a lot of people that could be saved, there's a lot of people that could be ministered to, and loved, and, 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 and influenced by your, your your life, and what, what do you mean, and... And, and if they're in trouble, then why are they in trouble? Could you do something about that? And so they, the Lord asked him a question. Whose reason? What's the reason that this trouble is upon us? Why are we in this storm? Because you see, can I, can I tell you something about a storm in the life of a Christian who's been rebellious? It does not just affect you. It affects everyone in your world. You see, here we've got we, we, we've got sailors and and we've got other people that are about to perish. They're they're crying out and they're begging for their lives and and there's no reason why that they should be doing that other than the fact of Jonah. And so they said, why is this trouble upon us? What's your occupation? Don't you know Jonah hated to answer that question? (laughs) I'm a prophet. He was prophet, he served Jehovah God. His job was to proclaim the good news about the love of God and and, and about faithfulness and all of those things and here he is, the bones or or the stones have pointed him out, you're the reason that we're in trouble, so what's your occupation? And he said, prophet, and then where are you from? You ain't from around here, are you, boy? <laughs> where you from? Let me ask you a question this morning. Where are you from? Where are you at in your walk with the Lord? Where you at? I know that's not good English. Do we have any English teachers here? Forgive me. Where are you in your walk with the Lord? You know, where does rebellion come in? Is it on a grand scale of the prophets? Does that, is that the only time that, that rebellion counts? No. Rebellion doesn't matter if it's on a large scale or a small scale. If the Lord speaks to our heart, if the Holy Spirit of God speaks to my heart, and I don't obey the Holy Spirit of God, guess what I've done? I've rebelled against the Lord. Who's going to suffer if I rebel against the Lord? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And what people are you? Boy, the questions just keep coming. And they're not over yet. But where are we? Who are we? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a sinner. Gloriously, miraculously, and wonderfully saved by the grace of God. You see, one day in my life, I realized who I was that same day I realized where I was where I was and where I was going and then I heard the wonderful news Gary Jesus wants to save you he wants to change your life he wants to give you a new life he wants to give you a new heart so I stand before you not as a physical heart transplant I have a nephew that just got a heart transplant this past year And and you ought to see the difference between a pale, dark, gray man and now he's pink and rosy. (laughs) He's got a new heart, but let me tell you something. I've got one too. I've got a heart that Jesus gave me and when he saved me, it's brand spanking new and it's eternal. I'll never, ever have any problems with that heart. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I'm on my way to heaven. And as I go, I want to tell people, where I've come from and where I'm headed, and who's responsible for me being headed in that direction. Jonah was running from the Lord. He didn't want to tell people about the grace of God. Where are you from? Where are you? What are you doing here? Are you while we're in jeopardy? Well, there's some more questions. But here's his confession it's in verse 9 and it's in verse 12. Jonah said, I'm a Hebrew and I fear God. Uh. He's the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and who made the dry land. Look at verse 12. And he said unto me, unto them, pick me up throw me into the sea for the sea will become calm to you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. See, confession made the difference. Confession made the difference in everything. First of all, Jonah didn't blame anyone else for his rebellion than himself he took ownership of that rebellion he took ownership of that uh, 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 of him f- running from god he didn't try to say well you know i had I, I had a strict mom and daddy and I always said i didn't want my kids to be made go to go to church and do all this and so uh, he didn't he didn't try to make have you ever heard anybody though that 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 Blamed everyone else or someone else for everything that happened in their life? I have. they always pointing the finger. Well, it's somebody else's fault. Can I tell you something? Until I get to the point where I take ownership of some things in my life, I'll never be any more spiritual, any stronger in the Lord, and any stronger in the faith than I am right now. For some of the things that I've asked myself, do I have to take an ownership? First of all, I have to own the fact that I am, I have the major role to play in the spiritual strength or weakness in my life, in my family's life, in my community and in my church. I take ownership of that, that belongs to me. Number two, I must be honest with myself and see myself as God sees me. When I was lost, God saw me as lost, He saw me as, uh, as unclean, He saw me as a person who had rejected him, but when I came to the point of belief and trust in him, he saved me, and now he sees me through Jesus. But I have to see that and I must realize that I'm as close to God as I wanna be. Every person here today, gotta tell you that, you're as close to the Lord as you wanna be. If you're lost today and you're here, you don't know Jesus, you've never confessed him, you're that way because that's what you've chosen. But today you can change that, amen? Today you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ like the Philippian jailer who came running into Paul after the earthquake in, in Philippi and say, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, and you know, Paul at that time didn't go through this big discourse of, <laughs> well, it's, you know, what's the ABCs and all? He just said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And by the way, if you and your whole family can be saved if they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The the, the turning point is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, not about him. You can have a head full of knowledge about Jesus. You know Satan's got a head full of knowledge about the word of God. Remember the temptation of Jesus, Satan even even misquoted some scripture to Jesus when he was up on the pinnacle of the temple. He said, jump off. For it is written. He'll give his angels charge over you lest you would dash your foot against the stone. But you have to believe in Jesus. He died for you. He was buried and he rose again the third day and he loves you and he will give you forgiveness of sin and a life that's a life eternal. Lastly, I must be willing to die to myself in order to live. Paul said he was crucified daily. I have to die to myself. That means that I have to put my wants and wishes and all of that aside and put his ahead of mine. That's pretty hard for us humans to do, to put anything ahead of us, isn't it? But I have to do that. There's a confession he made. He said, first of all, I'm a prophet. I, I, I serve the Lord. He made heaven and earth, and I serve him. And I can imagine these sailors wanting to go back and revisit those questions. What are you doing here then? But he went on. The confession brought more questions. Look in verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? (laughs) Why? Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. And then they said unto him, What shall we do with you? You know, sometimes the world would like to chunk us aside and discard us. But you see, God had another plan for Jonah. Jonah, he said, throw me overboard and the sea will be calm. Because I know it's because of me that we're, y'all are in this trouble. And so that was his confession. So what happened after Jonah confessed? Well, look at verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to land, but they couldn't get there. <laughs> Sometimes we turn to the world and their devices and their institutions and say, help me. When in all reality, what we need to do is get on our face before living God and say, Lord, I, I, there's sin in my life and I confess this sin and I, I, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. And the Lord is faithful and he will do that. He promised. But still we try to go and turn to the world's things and it rode hard and to turn to lamp. but they couldn't do that for the seed continued to grow more contemptuous against them, and therefore they cried out to the Lord. <laughs> See, the sailors began to cry out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord. We pray the Lord, please don't let us perish for this man's life and don't charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done it as you please. And so they picked up Jonah and they threw him overboard. And, and then they feared the Lord exceedingly because the sea became calm and they offered sacrifices to the Lord and they made vows. They worshiped the Lord after the sea had become calm. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. You see, here's where the, the blessings began. See, the Lord can turn anything into a blessing if we just let it. You see, the, the, you know, the men was saying they were thinking, Jonah's going to drown, but we're going to throw him overboard. But all of a sudden, God said, no, i got some more grace in my heart for Jonah. So he sent a fish. And the fish swallowed Jonah three days and three nights. He was in the belly of the fish. You say that's not much grace. It is if you're drowning in the sea. Amen. So what's the result of Jonah's confession? Well, Jonah went on, to, he spent three days and three nights in the belly of the fish and all of a sudden he began to pray, he began to repent, he began to confess even more to the Lord and he began to, you know, to get his life back straight with the Lord and all of a sudden three days and three nights the old whale beached himself on, on a beach and he vomited Jonah out on the beach and he hit the beach running and he went through Nineveh and the Lord gave him a message, Brother Sammy and it only had one point and one line in it. And Jonah began to preach, in 40 days, God is going to destroy Nineveh. That's all he said. Well, guess what? The Lord had been visiting there because the people heard that word and and they began to repent. The city was so big, it had a king. And so the king heard about all the commotion and he said, what's going on? And they told him, and he says, he proclaimed, He proclaimed a a, a day and a time for everyone to repent. He said, put sackcloth and ashes on and put it on your animals. And and he, he declared a time of repentance. That's the greatest revival I ever read about in the Old Testament. And from the greatest to the least, people repented. Because Jonah decided, well, Lord... It's because of me. I realize that I'm the reason why these people are in jeopardy. And I confess it. And they threw him overboard. The fish caught him and took him back to Nineveh. You see, he paid a pretty high price for the ticket back to Nineveh, didn't he? And he was there on the, on the shore and he began to preach. And people began to repent. I'm convinced That our nation is in trouble today I'm afraid that we're in deep deep trouble but you know I'm, I'm just convinced also brother Sammy that we're our trouble is not just a political thing I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna cut straight to the right right to the point I believe it's a spiritual thing in America today and I think the church in America if you and I would just realize this crisis and that we would go before the Lord in repentance and, 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 and confession and say Lord my country's in a mess could it be because of me could it be because when, when Roe versus Wade and the, and the thing of abortion came up I don't know if y'all talk about abortion much or not but I do I, I say abortion is murder <laughs> amen or oh me I do. I believe it's murder. I think we ought to proclaim that from the pulpits. But I also believe this, that God forgives sins. If someone, I had a lady one time in an in in invitation came and she said to me, she said, Brother Gary, I've had an abortion. Tears running down her face. Said, I've had an abortion. I can't live with it. And I said, well, God can, can forgive you. God will forgive you. If you repent and turn to him and ask him to and she did God does forgive sins not just little sins but God forgives big sins but our country's in a mess because we got a spiritual problem you know our our counties and probably a mess our, our, our communities but our churches I think all across America and it's in a mess because Maybe we're, we, we have so many of us living in rebellion and running from the Lord. But what about our homes? What about my life? What about your life? You know, the answer is Jesus. The answer is simple, turning, confessing, and asking God to forgive you. But I want to tell you something. God is in the reassigning business too, just like he reassigned Jonah, you know, as a pastor, I used, to, I used to preach on Sunday morning Sunday night and resign on Monday morning. <laughs> I did that a lot in my own mind. But by Sunday, by, by Monday, Monday night, I've been reassigned, you know, because the Lord always taps me on the shoulder and he says, but Gary, just like he told Joshua, you remember when Joshua went to the Lord and said, Lord, boy, we've done a lot. And the Lord said, Joshua, old man stricken in years, there's a lot more to be accomplished. The Lord reassigned Jonah, the Lord reassigned us today. The world may be in a mess because of the church in America. I, for one, am going to stay prayed up and confessed up and as close to the Lord as I possibly can. I pray you do too. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you've never been saved, you've never confessed the Lord, never believed and confessed the Lord. Well, what a time, what a time to do that this morning, right now, as we get ready for an invitation. Brother Samuel, we'll stand down front, if, if, if you will, and let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that you would convince anyone here today, Father, with your Holy Spirit, that, Father, their need to be saved they would believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, you'd save them and welcome them into your family. Father, I pray for us Christians, help us never to grow cold like like Jonah. Father, help us never to turn and run. Help us to not be rebellious. Send your spirit. Father, give us a new heart and and a new vision for you. And Father, we'll praise you and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, well we have our invitation. Stand.